1: Joining us on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight Podcast is Mike Jaznow. Mike is a USBC Silver Certified Coach with over 20 years of coaching experience. You can find him a lot of times at the National Bowling Stadium teaching there at Lane 81. Mike, it's Tim Bergen, Coach KC of Clemkin here. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, guys. Always a joy to be with you guys. All right, Michael. We thought we'd catch up with you. Got a, a bunch of different things to talk about, but let's let's begin. And this can kind of go along the, the gamut for your league players, all the way up to your collegiate players, all the way up to your PBA players. But let's talk about when you have a game plan heading into whether it's a match in college, you know, your league play, or you're bowling on tour on TV, um, and you don't see the results you want right away. Whether that be you're not carrying the best and you feel like you're making good shots off your hand and you're just not carrying, or it just, uh, it just doesn't seem to be going your way, I guess. What, what are your thoughts on that, and when should someone think they need to make a big adjustment or a big change?
2: Well, that's a great question, actually, um, and it happens quite often. Uh, there's lots of variables. First, you have to decide if you're actually making good shots or not. You don't want to try to tweak something if you're actually not executing a shot like you thought you would. Uh, So that's probably number one. Um, Number two is, like, how bad is it? Is it just, are you still in the pocket, not carrying, or have you lost the pocket? Also, you want to consider, what is the scoring pace? You know, the scoring pace is pretty high, and you've lost the pocket. Uh, That's not good. And even if the scoring pace is really high, and you're in the pocket but not carrying, that's not good either. Now, if the scoring pace is very low, and you're hitting the pocket every shot, I don't know that I'd be making a big adjustment right then, <laughs> depending on what your opponent's doing obviously
1: and then I guess of the follow up to that would be what what adjustment can you make or what should you do if you're if you're seeing something there when let's just say it's a ten pin or a seven pin and you feel like you're throwing it well off your hand and you're hitting you know your speed is right. Is it, is it a ball change? Is it a slight tweak with your hand? Do you have a preference in what a bowler does first, or is it really what they feel comfortable with?
2: I think it's more what they feel comfortable with and what they're seeing on the lane. It might be just you need a ball to read a little bit sooner, a little bit later, maybe a slightly different shape. It could be a slight adjustment with the hand if you have that in your tool bag, so to speak. Um, but, yeah, it's, it, it really depends. There's lots of variables, and I, not just on the lanes, but in, in individuals in my opinion
0: now do you think you know talking about individuals do you think that's more of kind of a generational thing or or you know reason i ask is uh, you know when when i was bowling at wichita state for example there was a lot of tournaments we we traveled to where uh you know bowlers we would we would bring four balls with us for example and it wasn't because we were limited by the you know tournament rules it was just like that was kind of what you did you know you had maybe one reactive you had a, yep. a couple of urethanes one dull one shiny and uh you didn't even necessarily need a specific spare ball back then so uh you know what, what are your thoughts on that as far as is that is that a, an age thing or is that uh you know as far as making physical versus just going to the back and just grabbing bowling ball a b c d e f or g
2: Well, that's a good point, and I think that age is a factor. It does seem like the younger generation is more about uh, jumping very quickly. This is not the right ball, no matter how they're throwing it. (laughs) Um, A little bit more old-school thinking is, oh, I think I can stay with this and just tweak my hand, tweak my ball roll a little bit and make those kind of adjustments physical game-wise and touch and feel-wise. But I do think the younger generation is more... About automatically, okay. I left the week 10, I better change balls. You know, um, I'm not always disagreeing with that mindset because sometimes it is a wrong ball. And, uh, you know, it, like I said, I think it really depends on the individual and the specific circumstances. That same bowler may do something different depending on the circumstances.
1: Mike, also, let's hit on when you go in with a game plan, whether that's your team in college or as an individual player. And, um, and you go in with that game plan, what are some things you should look into what, when you're going in with that game plan, you know, whether it's a, a longer-form tournament or even just a, a stepladder or anything? What tips would you have for folks? Because things go by real fast out there, whether you're bowling 10 games a Baker or just a stepladder format and you're fifth bowling against four.
2: Yes, absolutely. Things can go very quickly, especially in a one-game match, if it be a television or a final match for a college tournament. Or that being said, Baker, you only get two shots a game. You know, so I think, first of all and importantly, you need a game plan. If you don't have a game game plan, you're just hoping what you're doing is going to work and you don't know why it will or why it won't. So I think that's number one is to have a game plan. But also, I think, along with that game plan, very important to be open-minded and kind of really trust what you see on the lane and what the ball is doing and what you're feeling, You you have to kind of really trust yourself as far as good shot, bad shot. Uh, I have a gut feeling like I think I should do this. Usually those gut feelings tend to be right.
0: Mm, A lot of that, and that sounds like a lot of this is, I'm kind of relating that to, I know this is, you know, we're talking a lot about collegiate competitions, but a lot of this sounds like it's kind of tying in or sort of resonating with me for the Open Championships, you know, because a lot of times you go out there you know you've got maybe a team practice or you have an opportunity to get maybe an idea which you think is going to work but you really don't know until you get out there uh when the lights turn on and and now it's time to time to compete and sometimes you're uh, uh you, you know you're kind of left there standing like you guess either so many options or or so much either anxiety or tension you're trying to figure out well shoot what do I do now cuz the the pressure's on and and you know the the machines are keeping score Does are you does that kind of Resonate a little with some of your coaching you do for the Open Championships players?
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. And same thing with the Open Championships. You want some kind of game plan. What I see way too often at the Open Championships, especially in a team event, is they have a game plan and it doesn't work immediately, and then all of a sudden the game plan is out the window and everybody gets a free-for-all. <laughs> so um... <laughs> I've been there. <laughs>
0: I've been there. <laughs>
2: And I think we've all done that. Like you know, People practice, yeah. and they're like, okay, we're all going to do this. We're all going to do this. And by the end of the practice, like, no, mm, I'm not in the pocketbook. Oh, maybe I can't do that. Um, well, yeah. that wasn't really the game plan. <laughs> <Stale>. <laughs> so you have to have some patience, especially in, in something like that where kind of at national, mm-hmm. you're trying to just play the lanes to help the lanes break down properly, to help scoring pace in games two and three. Um, you know, <laughs> But, yeah, it, whether it be a college tournament, uh, national tournament, PBA tournament, you know, you, you have to kind of see what's out there. <clears throat> but that being said, like, I wouldn't go, I wouldn't wait until the uh, fifth frame of game three at national to think, like, okay, our game plan isn't working. What are we going to do? <laughs> and especially if it's a team event, don't make decisions by yourself. Talk it over with your teammates. You know, five, or, five minds are better than one mind.
0: You know, one of the things regarding game plans that I thought was interesting and I don't I don't wanna spill the beans on uh Brad Angelo's uh, uh team and bowl you and stuff as far as their strategy which did work so well. Brad won the individual all events, but he gave a lot of uh credit and thanks um to the themselves as a team and they bowled great in the team uh portion of it as well. You know, but one of the strategies that they have and one of the things that you do get if you um, if you do participate or if you're part of that bowl, you program is, you know, they actually had set up a, which I thought was you know, very genius, set up a rope that they put on the lane and said, okay, now the, and they put it at maybe around the eight board or so and said, okay, you can play with, and do whatever you want to do, throw whatever ball you want to throw, but you have to be right of this. And we're going to do this for, you know, what would estimate to be the first half uh, to the first three quarters of the first game and then they moved it in a little bit from there and then allowed you to do whatever you do to move in from there. And, and they were kind of saving, you know, kind of that middle portion of the lane and said, okay, we're going to, we're going to commit to doing this. And to me, that, that resonated with exactly what you're talking about, which is a a game plan.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it it takes a lot of discipline to stay with a plan when you don't see immediate results, but you have to trust the process and trust that you have a good plan, (laughs) you know? Um, I think a big part of also, like, I love what Brad is doing, by the way, but a big part of, let's say you play, say, okay, we're going to play out here. Uh, Pay attention where people are sliding. That's another thing at nationals I see quite often is people are trying to slide, you know, as a right-hander, 25 or 30, and they're trying to play out, and that just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, if you look at most of the guys that are lined up out, they're sliding right of 20 for sure. And if they're really playing out, they're sliding right at 15, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's something else to pay attention to. Uh, but, you know, again, too many teams and good bowlers and, and good teams, they go in and they, they kind of do what they want instead of doing what they should do. Um, another thing that you can always watch, since people have different rev rates and different ways to attack the lane, is be aware of where the break point is. Sometimes within reason, you can play different lines if it's a similar breakpoint.
1: So, Mike, then what should we get out of practice? And again, this relates to whether it's a college tournament or the USBC Open Championships, because I feel like we have to take something out of that practice if a ball isn't reacting well. We need to make a change in ball, not necessarily a change in target and a change in our break point, but we maybe need to go back to the bag and find something that may read a little bit early or read a little bit later or what have you. What we're looking for. So, what should we be looking for as far as that goes? Well, first you have to really know your equipment, which is what practice ahead of the event is for.
2: You know what what is the difference between this ball to that ball and that ball to this ball? Um, also, play with different surfaces. Maybe when you go to a tournament. Okay, I think I need this surface, but maybe I'll need this surface later. Maybe it's just going to a fresher surface as the mid lane gets tighter. So make sure you have your bases covered, surface wise, like that also. Um, but a lot of it is just watching ball reaction. Where is the ball starting to hook? Is it what kind of shape are you creating? What kind of shape are the people that are scoring while well creating compared to what you're doing? So you can learn a lot by watching good ball motion and bad ball motion.
0: Now you've done a lot of coaching at the open championships. I know in Reno and lane 81 is kind of your sort of your mainstay, but I'm sure you've got probably something, something brewing for, for Las Vegas.
2: Actually, I do. I will be set up once again at the Orleans, just like in 2000. Uh,
0: what was it? Two years
2: ago, 17. Um, so I'll be there from mid March through June. Doing video analysis lessons. So anybody that wants to book a session with me, you can contact me through my uh, email address is boldbetter at hotmail.com. Or you can always find me on Facebook, Coach Mike Jazza on Facebook. Or if you want to call direct, you can call 775 335 to make an appointment.
1: We also wanted to hit on a little bit Marshall, Ken. He you know, bowled collegiately at Robert Morris University as a guy whose game has been progressing and a guy who you've helped with some things throughout the years. What do you see in Marshall's game? And a guy who bowled well, you know, has been bowling well this year starting out on the PBA Tour, what do you see in Marshall's game from, uh, you know, even from his college days to where he is now and and um, and some of the things that are going through Marshall and, and what you're seeing with his game?
2: Well, I love working with Marshall. You know, I uh, actually the first time I've ever I had ever worked with Marshall, He was only 15 years old, and uh, last year I got to work with him probably three or four or five times. And one of the times that we sat down, I showed him a video clip of every time we had worked. He actually posted it on his athlete page on Facebook of the progression of his game. You know, everybody that works on their game, their game is continually evolving to something better, more effective, more consistent. Uh, just a different, higher level. And I see that with Marshall this year. Now, he did something this year that just shows me how he's growing as not only a bowler but as a person. Um, He wasn't happy with how he bowled the first two tournaments, so he actually took the third tournament off um, and took time to work on himself and his game, and he came back strong and qualified second for last week's Tournament of Champions. Unfortunately, he did not win his match on the show, and it, that goes to game plan talking also, I think. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Marshall's just fun to watch. Nice, powerful, fluid bowler. Um, but his game is evolving mentally and physically. And it's not done yet. I think he's going to keep getting better and better and better.
0: Hey, so final question I have uh, then regarding that and regarding Marshall, which is, you know, what do you think you, you mentioned about uh, the improvements and changes and uh, advancements in the physical game and the mental game, which which side of those two do you think he has more room for improvement, and which, which do you think is more important, if one's more important than the other?
2: Oh, good question. Um, you know, Marshall is one of those bowlers who's very versatile. I kind of equate him, <laughs> kind of what happened on the show last week also, almost to like a Chris Barnes. Uh, mm. When somebody has lots of things that they can do pretty well, Mm -hmm. and you have to pick something for one game, there's a lot more decision-making. You know, if somebody's like, okay, I I know I can't do this to be effective, I know I can't do that. Well, those aren't decisions. That's easy. That's an easy choice. But when you can do a lot of things, it makes it much more complicated to pick the right thing in that one game. Um, So I think Marshall has a lot more growth, uh, probably mentally and being patient, and being smart and not getting upset. Um, I saw that on late. I've been watching the floor bowling this week. That's everybody's shape because you can learn a lot by watching. And there was one game yesterday where Marshall hit a tricky pair. And he had 72 in the sixth frame. And obviously things weren't going well, splits. I think there was one missed there. And in the past, I would have seen... Uh, Maybe a little bit more anger. I'm trying to be nice to him. (laughs) Um, But what I saw yesterday was he fought. He switched balls. He changed lines. He changed speed. And he threw like a four or five bagger to bail out 178, which is a great bailout compared to maybe shooting 130 or 140. And against those guys at that level, and this includes at the college level, you can't give the, anybody else extra pins. you got to get every freaking pin you can. And if you get all upset and mad, you might not be thinking clearly to make, okay, let me just bail on this. Let me try this. If you're mad, you might just think, well, screw it. I'm going to make this work. I know I can do it. You know. So I think mentally, just showing his, his patience and not getting rushed in his process, that's where I've seen the biggest improvement lately with Marshall. Physically, it's just fun to watch. I mean, I was just watching yesterday, like, oh man, that must be so cool to be able to throw the ball like that. I don't know what that feels like.
1: <laughs> well, and it must be fun for you, Mike, when you work with someone for those that amount of years, and to see them actually put the time in. Because coming for a lesson, I don't want to say it's the easy part, but it kind of is the easy part. The hard part is then taking from that lesson and applying it to your game, and then improving your game. And seeing the you know the the fruits of your labor pay off on the lane. So for you, it must be nice as a coach to see someone who's t- taking your lessons and actually you know improving their game throughout those years.
2: Absolutely, it takes a lot of work. I mean, nobody at the top gets there by sitting back and letting things happen. They help make things happen. And what's kind of funny, I work with a lot of junior bowlers out west that are competitive junior bowlers. And I'll show them some drills to do. And they're like, oh, I hate doing drills. Well, a couple of things here. Um, I ask them, what, what other sports do they play? Oh, football, baseball. You know, what are you doing in practice? Obviously, you must just play real games every practice. Oh, no, we, we do sports, we do this. So those are drills. That's what helps you get better in performance. The other thing is, I always bring up this example. Someone like Shannon O'Keefe, awesome bowler, awesome coach. She does foul line drills pretty much every time she practices. She does foul line drills. And I told the gentleman that last fall that I was working with, and he made the comment, well, she was just bowler of the year. Why the hell would she be doing these drills? And I made the point, well, maybe those drills were why she was bowler of the year.
0: That reminds me of a similar thing where you know you have you see somebody that's really in shape and you're like they're eating real you know real healthy or something you're like well why do you feel like you need to eat healthy look what good shape you're in <laughs> you know it's like exactly. well maybe that's why I'm in shape <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly
2: right <laughs> yep yep exactly right so yeah it does and Tim you're right the lesson is usually the easy part the hard part is making the commitment like okay I took the lesson I'm going to commit to making this change. And, you know, I just got an email from a gentleman I worked last fall up in Montana. And uh, we worked on some footwork stuff. And sometimes footwork stuff is just a pain in the ass to work on. But he took the time and worked on it. And in the email, he said, you know, thanks so much for the lesson. But he goes, I have to tell you, working on the footwork stuff was really, really hard. And I almost bailed on it, but I didn't. And since last fall, my average is now of 20 pins. It went from 170 average to now I'm averaging the 190s. In the last four weeks of the league, everything was over 625 or 650. And he said, Thank you so much. I would have never made that change had I not worked with you. And, you know, I was really proud of him for sticking with it because it's not easy to always stick with it when it's not going good right at first. But again, you got to trust the process. All right. Well, you know, as I give lessons, I try not to give bad advice. So (laughs) I, I really trust people. I really appreciate the people that trust me with their bowling games because I know how important bowling is to all of us.
1: Well, great stuff, Mike Jazz. Now again, you can catch Mike at the Orleans during the USBC Open Championship. We'll have a link in the in the description of the podcast here with ways you can contact Mike. So, so Mike, all the best of luck, and hope to catch up with you in Vegas. And uh, and we'll have you on again coming up here soon.
2: All right, sounds great, Tim. and I do hope I see you in Vegas.